We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. He's got all the insight on what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. All right, welcome in. You got your hype music, your sandstorm, getting ready for just a massive contest for K-State on Saturday afternoon in Manhattan. Uh, two back-to-back weeks here of just huge Big 12 matchups for the Cats. This past Saturday, Tim, we can start there before we look ahead to Oklahoma State. Have you ever seen anything like that when it comes to injuries? Because that was just as strange as I can remember. As many injuries, guys in and out, guys not coming back. It was just a confusing game from that perspective. It really was. And it's not like a bunch of guys went down on the field and had to be hauled off and they were severe injuries. Um, In fact, only twice did a K-State player go down and have to be helped off. And one of them was Will Howard. He came back. But yet right below us in the press box, we were above the K-State locker room. We could just see this parade of guys during the game, like the balls in play going into the locker room constantly. Boy, they, they were just running out of bodies. And Oklahoma State's got a lot of the same things going on right now with depth or with injuries, but it, it kind of comes into testing depth. And uh, sadly, I think that's probably advantage Oklahoma State. So going back to the TCU game, um, of course we we know the the second half woes offensively that that Kansas State had uh, last Saturday. Do you equate that just to the injuries that happened throughout the game, or? Was there something else? Were there adjustments that were made by TCU that allowed them to get back into that game uh, and then shut out Kansas State in the second half? Well, I do think TCU, uh, you know, in talking to people, they didn't really change much of what they were doing schematically, but they did certainly amp up the pressure. Um, and I do think K-State backed off the passing game a little bit. And then you had the Will Howard injury, and that seemed to really take the wind out of what K-State was attempting to do offensively and despite all the struggles k-state had an opportunity with a pass here and you know there was a kade warner was open in the end zone at one point make a field goal to climb right back into that and they just weren't finite they weren't exact enough to get into that game uh but yeah it was a combination of things tommy but boy it uh you know anytime you have a 
an entire half of football in which you have 87 yards of offense or something like that. It was below 90. Uh, you did something wrong yourself. All right, so that game's behind us. The reality of that game is it doesn't mean anything as far as K-State's opportunity moving forward because K-State still controls its own destiny to reach the Big 12 title game. That's the good news. The bad news is Oklahoma State's in the exact same situation. But you get them at home. K-State's favored in this game, which I think is interesting because I would have to imagine that right now the betting lines would assume that Adrian Martinez will not play, and it will be Will Howard, but it's home field. Um, well, first and foremost, what what are you hearing on Adrian Martinez? Do you think he's going to go, and, and what's sort of the talk behind the scenes of K-State right now? Well, um, keep in mind that he had two weeks to heal that injury coming out of Iowa State. And it was something he, he suffered at Iowa State because I noted that he was walking um, with a locked knee coming into the media room. And um, it, it still got aggravated after one hit. So I don't know how he's going to be, you know, even close to 100% after only one week and getting it re-aggravated. So uh, I would imagine he'll be available to play. Um, and they, you know, if he's healthy enough, they'll play him. But he'll be available to play. He'll be suited up. But they'll go with Will Howard and then have Adrian available. So if Will Howard goes down, they can, you know, put Adrian out there. But I, I think they know they need to get Adrian even more healed up. And I think Will Howard showed that this offense is capable of doing things uh, that can lead them to victory. And they're going to have to throw the ball against um, Oklahoma State's defense uh, to a degree. And I don't think there's anyone out there that won't argue that Will Howard has already shown he can be very effective throwing the ball, maybe even more so than Adrian Martinez. So that might be the plan for this week is to roll with Will, uh, but have Adrian available. Yeah, Will Howard's a known commodity. He's been around for a long time, and he's been in this position before, uh, you know, stepping in, filling in for the starting quarterback. What do you think his ceiling is, uh, especially taking on uh, a top 10 team in Oklahoma State? We know that Kansas State, they're going to have to control the ground game. They're going to have to control the clock. But I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, but I would think that Will Howard's primary role is going to be to try to keep that Oklahoma State defense honest. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, and that's that's what I think will be the game plan going both ways. I I know Oklahoma State is um, you know, committed to taking away Deuce Vaughn in the running game, um, and in some degrees, the injuries will help them with that because Deuce Vaughn only had 12 carries at TCU because he's so banged up. And you know, with that, I think Kansas State's going to have to get out there and, and loosen up those safeties, get those keep those safeties back away from the line of scrimmage with the passing game. Um, and if Will Howard can't succeed in that, it's going to be a very long day. But if he can, uh, I think we're going to see opportunities for K-State to then come back and run the ball with success and maybe get back to that formation in which Giddens and, and Bonner in the backfield together, something we saw at TCU that I think reestablishes that multidimensional run threat. And honestly, Will Howard isn't as scary in the backfield as Adrian Martinez. He can run the ball, but he doesn't have that, um, you know, burst through the line of scrimmage that Adrian does. Tim Fitzgerald, editor, gopowergat.com, joining us each and every Thursday, our K-State insider. We always appreciate these chats. I think, Tim, at least for me, and I think generally uh, for the public right now, 
I think we're looking at it maybe the wrong way. All of our focus is on Adrian Martinez, Will Howard, which obviously is important. But I think Will Howard played well enough against TCU for the focus probably needing to shift to the key to this game is the K-State defense. K-State's defense has to keep this game close. They can't play the way they played against TCU in the second half if they want to win this game. Are they healthy enough to be the level of defense we know they're capable of right now? Well, they weren't particularly at, at TCU. Um, I know Chris Kleiman's expectations don't drop, but when you extract an all-Big 12-minute linebacker from the heart of your defense that's trying to stop running games you know, in Daniel Green, that's, that's difficult. And as good as um, Josh on his backup is, I mean, there's there's a reason Daniel's all Big 12 preseason. And then layer into that the fact that, you know, Josh Hayes, who has been kind of a revelation at at safety for Kansas State, might be out. Julius Brent's an all Big 12 corner, will be limited at best, um, if not out with a pulled hamstring. Um, I feel like Sandy D.K. Uzama is limited in his snaps because of ongoing injury issues. This this defense is really beaten, and it's going to get into uh, pushing a lot of depth. And the biggest problem is the depth of linebacker is so thin because they had three transfers they brought in into the linebacker room to try to solve those depth issues, and all three washed out. Uh, so, um, you know, for various reasons. So this has just been uh, something they saw coming. They thought they addressed, and, and it didn't work. So. Yeah, I don't know that the defense is uh, deep enough to hold up over the course of a game because keep in mind a lot of these guys have played, but that's as backups to, to keep the front line guys fresh. Now who keeps them fresh? And I, I worry about the attrition as the game goes on. Let's talk a little bit about special teams. Chris Kleiman said on Tuesday that uh, the Wildcats are going to allow some other guys to have a shot at being the kicker, Chris Tennant is one for four on his past four field goal attempts. What are you hearing? What do you think about uh, the kicking game for Kansas State, and how do they move forward? I'll be surprised if, when it comes time to you know take a field goal, they don't. It's not Chris Tennant going out there at least the first time. They'll give him another swing at it. You know, I, I've I've talked about this since Saturday. We watched him in warmups just absolutely driving the ball through the uprights with the wind at his back. He hit a 65-yard field goal, and, you know, he punched it through. And then he gets into the game, and he kind of lofts it up there and tries to steer it through. And in windy conditions, that's going to be a, you know, really difficult proposition. So I think it's more mental uh, with Chris than anything. I don't think it's a physical issue. He's an extremely talented kicker, big, strong athlete. And I think he's like six foot five. So it's, you know, this is not a, and it's not a tall, lanky kid. He's a, he's an athlete. So I think they just have to get him kicking consistently, whether it's a Tuesday in practice, a Saturday in pregame, or in the fourth quarter of the actual game. You got to strike the ball the same way every time. And I think that's really what's affecting Chris. So we talk about all this. The injuries are a factor. The special teams is not you know, at the level we would expect with Tennant. Yet, Kate State's favored by a point and a half. So let's look at the I other side of it. It, it. No, I don't mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, yeah. like, what, what would you bet? I'm saying there's got to be a reason for that. So on the other side, for Oklahoma State, I mean, we 
we're here, so we're paying attention to what what K State's dealing with. But clearly, Oklahoma State's got to deal with something. I think Oklahoma State's the the best team in the league. I've thought that all season long, which doesn't mean I don't think K State can beat them. It just means I think Oklahoma State's bit. You know, I think they're the top team in the league. So this is daunting. But what are they dealing with, and and why are they potentially in this spot to be a dog on the road here? Yeah, they're really beating up also, and it gets into the question of, you know, who has the better depth on a, in their program, and I recognize that Chris Kleiman has been fighting depth since day one. He was starting to build a backup, pandemic hits, transfer portal kicks in, and it, it has worn out that depth to a degree. Uh, he is deep in some spots that they need to be deep in, like safety, uh, but boy, they, they get into walk-ons and you know, first-year players at a lot of spots when they get into depth. Um, and playing them early is great, but having to lean on them as starters gets a little scary as you get going. And I think Oklahoma State's depth probably is overall better. Uh, they are still playing their starting quarterback, even though he's limited. You can talk about Spencer Sanders' injury all you want, but, boy, he led that team to a victory over Texas. Um, and I think that's a notable difference right now. Maybe Vegas knows he's out. Maybe Vegas knows something we don't have any clue about. They tend to do that. Uh, but I can't fully explain uh, the spread because I know uh, how difficult it's going to be for Kansas State to overcome some of these injury issues at key spots. Tim, uh, shifting gears here just a little bit. Uh, K-State basketball, less than a week away from uh, their, their first exhibition game against Washburn inside Bramlage. A lot of talk, and we've, we've discussed it before about Jerome Tang and, and trying to ingratiate himself uh, with the students and the fans of K-State, trying to build that home court advantage. What are you hearing as we get closer, less than a week away from uh, the, the, the first tip-off for Kansas State basketball and then moving forward, the first regular season game coming up uh, a week from today against Texas Rio Grande Valley? Yeah, it's uh, there's an energy about basketball around Manhattan that I haven't felt since maybe the Huggins hiring or the, you know, Beasley and Walker showing up on campus. And it's not like I felt optimistic this season about, you know, how good the Cats will be. Even though they're picked for 10th, I think they're going to be better than that. Uh, again, though, the, the entire conference is just brutal. So it's, you know, someone's going to finish 10th. And, uh, but I think people are just so fired up about the positivity and the, the hope for the future of this program that we're going to see big crowds in Bramlage, um, and I'm excited to see them. Now, what I find interesting is we still haven't had a media day. We, we haven't had any formal press opportunity to kind of meet the players and, and uh, you know, kind of write about the team. And I, I find that very interesting that he's, he's kind of keeping things under wraps as, you know, they've got an exhibition game next week, and we still haven't been able to formally have a press conference in which we can write about Kansas State basketball outside of what happened to Kansas City. Um, so, uh, you know, I've never been around a program that's shied away from a media day quite like this. And it does make me wonder um, if he's trying to limit distractions or, you know, the media day will count out their practice time. So maybe he is committed to making sure they have enough practice time to be ready to, to play. But um, I'm, I'm optimistic about the future of the program. I think, uh, the staff is the real deal, and, and they'll get you know the kind of players into Manhattan that you need to win on a consistent basis. It is going to be interesting there, and are are, are fans going to be patient, Tim, in this first year? Because I think 
you know, the the clear buzz comes next year, right, with the great recruiting class and all those things. But somebody does have to finish 10th. I think K-State's got a chance to do that. They got a chance to finish, you know, there are people picking them to maybe win the league, which is not totally outside of the realm of possibility. I get it. They could literally finish anywhere. Are fans going to be patient this first year? Are fans patient ever anymore? Right, Um, right. You know, and and what happens in this age of social media is a few outlier voices get amplified, you know, by a social media platform and maybe, you know, some follow-ups from fans, and it starts to sound worse than it is. Um, I I hope they are. I hope they appreciate K-State basketball this season for, you know, what they are able to accomplish, you know, including, you know, being more athletic, consistent energy, uh, not being rewarded for simply playing hard, uh, but having that as a baseline expectation every time you step on the court. Uh, I, I think it's going to translate to wins. I don't see any way this team's going to finish 10th. Uh, don't ask me who will, but um, I, I, I don't think they'll win the conference, certainly, but I think they're going to give people trouble because this is going to be the most athletic K-State basketball team probably since the Beasley-Walker uh, team that you know was really kind of special and I'm I'm uh, I'm hopeful for this season, and I'm hopeful that it's a very entertaining brand of basketball, even if at times it doesn't end up with wins. All right, Tim, what's going up at GoPowerCat.com right now to get us ready for uh, the weekend and everything else coming up in in Manhattan? Yeah, well, we've got our pregame podcast up. We've got daily deliveries ongoing, which is our videos we do, um, you know, quite often. They're not daily; it's a lie. Um, and uh, yeah, lots of coverage, particularly some good stuff behind the paywall for our subscribers. And if you want to subscribe to Go Powercat, head on over, and you'll see a green join button at GoPowerCat.com. K-State fans, check it out. Tim, we always appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend. I guess we just sit back and watch and throw our hands up in the air, and hopefully we'll have enough players on both sides to play a football game. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, we get into this, what comes after this? These two teams are really physical. What's going to be left of them moving ahead when Kansas State takes on Texas and Baylor and onward through the rest of the season? It's a good point. That's a really good point. All right, Tim, thank you. We appreciate it. Go powercat.com. You can follow Tim on uh, Twitter, Life of Fitz. We'll do this again next Thursday. React and look ahead once again. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, Tommy keyed in on some college football realignment news that's come down the wire. Uh, We'll get to that when we return on Sports Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, cruising through a Thursday edition right here on KFH, number one sports station in Wichita. If you missed anything from our conversation with our K-State insider, Tim Fitzgerald, you can go to kfhradio.com to find that, as well as our conversation with our betting insider, Chelsea Messenger. Maybe get a read on some games this weekend from Chelsea. Uh, Tommy, you sent this to me uh, during a break here recently, and... It's interesting news. In a conversation on a podcast, you had 
basically, I believe it was an Amazon executive saying they're very interested in college football, which we knew that, right? But it's always interesting to hear them continue to hit on that. Um, People speculate maybe Friday night football. But then there was another piece of that that I thought was really interesting, and that's that Apple has some interest in getting involved in college football. If we remember back to... Was it Dennis Dodd that reported? I believe it was Dennis Dodd. I hope that's right. That the Big 12 was nearing and getting closer to a potential deal with Fox and ESPN. A lot of the sentiment in that was that teams and leagues are going to be more inclined still to go to traditional TV outlets before streaming only. If the Pac-12, Tommy, ends up as a Amazon-Apple league... And the Big 12 ends up as a ESPN-Fox league. I think it just means the Big 12's getting some West Coast teams. If I'm a school, and look, I get it. Streaming is the future and all that. But it ain't everything. And if you get with ESPN on that, you go to ESPN Plus and can stream just the same. For a technology, I would imagine that more college football fans have anyway. I think the Pac-12's playing this wrong. There's nothing wrong with Amazon and Apple getting involved in these negotiations. I think that's a good thing for everybody. But, man, if that's the road you're taking and you miss out on traditional TV altogether, oh, boy, what a mistake that would be. Well, and maybe it's not up to the Pac-12. I mean, maybe maybe there's not a traditional uh, broadcast network that necessarily wants to bring them on um, because of the fact that they've already lost USC and UCLA moving forward, and they could very well lose additional teams. So it could be an Amazon exclusive. It could be an Apple exclusive, and it could not be up to the Pac-12. Um, that, and so I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that they've played this wrong since over the summer. Uh, when their commissioner said that no Pac-12 team is going to be joining the Big 12. Um, that was kind of an elitist attitude right there. And, um, you know, then, of course, everything has happened since then. Um, I, I think it's very likely that the Pac-12 could be completely shut out from having any kind of broadcast TV partner. It would be interesting, and it's not like they don't have any cards to play because they do. We just saw how much Amazon paid for the NFL. Maybe these two streaming networks will pay so much money that that is enough for the schools to stay. But I think the schools will still value, if the money's close, being on traditional television and having the eyeballs there to do it. I I think – I don't know what the best case scenario would be for the Big 12 in this. They just need to get their deal done to begin with. It'd be nice if they could get a piece of the Amazon or – uh, Apple money if they're coming into it, for sure. And I think the one thing that comes out of that article that I think would be very advantageous for the Pac-12 would be having a Friday night football game or whatever it is that they can sort of build up like they've built up Thursday night football. And and they have more incentive to, um, to pay big bucks other than just, you know, commercials which traditional television right that'd be fox's biggest interest because if they can get subscriptions to their you know prime or apple or whatever that has a tremendous value to them too so i get that and maybe they'll pay enough to make that worth it for the pac-12 but for the teams there in the pac-12 if the money's close and you can get broadcast partners i still think that uh, they would lean they would lean to joining the the conference that allowed that more traditional avenue at this point 
And the Big 12 will be very aggressive in trying to court them in that way. It's really interesting, though, that we see that report because it sort of fits this narrative that Dennis Dodd laid out, that the Pac-12 may go after that. And, 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 you know, I believe in that article or others have suggested and guessed that that's not going to be as attractive for these schools. This will be very interesting. And I hope that the Big 12 looks at it and sees an opportunity for that exclusivity on a, whether it's a Friday night or a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or whatever it is, to try and create something like that through one of its traditional partners. Um, and and I think that that would be another way to beef up that package, that rights package. But it seems to me like the Big 12 is looking coast to coast, seeing a report like that that is streaming-based Football makes me think the Big 12 is going to get some West Coast teams out of this deal some somehow, one way or the other. I think that's going to happen. I'm also really skeptical about how successful this could be for the Pac-12 if they do. Let's say it's Amazon. And even if they put together a marquee, I guess, quote-unquote, marquee evening for a showcase Pac-12 college football game, uh, we've already seen the ratings for Thursday Night Football decrease from the Chiefs and Chargers in week two, 13 million viewers, all the way down to last week's game with Arizona and New Orleans at 7.8 million. Now, some of that has to do with the matchups and poor football, and we've talked about that at length. But also, I think it also has to do with just the fact that it's a little bit more, um, that there are more steps to go through to be able to watch it. You can't click away. Uh, I mean, there are some things there that that present challenges. And then you look at the potential of, let's just say that the Big 12 poaches a handful of West Coast schools and the Pac-12 really is not left with a whole lot. And you're telling me that you could have a, let's say, a Friday night football exclusive showcase game on Amazon Prime that features, I don't know, Oregon State and Washington State. You think people are going to tune into that? Think people are going to subscribe to Prime Video for that? I mean, maybe no. maybe the the diehard fans of those two schools, but I don't think nationally you're going to get a whole lot there. So I'm skeptical that this would be anything of um, success for the for the Pac-12, and I don't think that it would be successful for Amazon Prime either. But it might be the best way forward, or the only way forward, I guess, for the Pac-12 to stay at least halfway relevant and have some kind of substantial media rights deal if Amazon is willing to pay. Yeah, spot on. Absolutely. That's going to be the problem there. Um, And that's why that's the dangerous avenue. Whereas, and if I'm, you know, let's say the Big 12 gets a deal done with ESPN and Fox and they do it for a, we'll say a Tuesday night game, a Friday night game, whatever that non-Saturday game is, I would also build in the ability like the NFL does to flex, right? I'd build in the ability to flex that game. We know they adjust the schedule already, um, but if it was Oklahoma State, Kansas State, right, and they were in the same situation they're in right now and you put that game on a Tuesday or Friday night, you're getting eyeballs, right? You're getting you're getting big-time eyeballs at that point. And, well, and think about it. Think about it this way. Like if, it, if it's the Pac-12, let's just say that and, and Pac-12 is like an Amazon exclusive and they have some kind of marquee uh, showcase Friday night football matchup. Um, I'm I'm this way. I know you are this way. I know a lot of people are this way where a lot of times it doesn't necessarily matter what the game is. If it's the only game on, you're going to probably flip it on. However, 
The difference is I'm sitting down on my couch. I've got the remote and I'm flipping channels and I'm just landing on ESPN. I'm not logging into my Amazon Prime account. I'm not clicking on that particular game. I'm not sitting there. I can't click away. I can't. I've got to watch Oregon State and Washington State on a Friday night. Like that's a little bit of a different scenario than being able to, you know, have a marquee matchup on a broadcast network. Let me say this too. I don't think, I think Friday night's not the night to do it. That's the night everybody seems to point at. But I, if Friday nights are not good TV nights anyway. I would never do this on Friday night. Maybe that's the way everybody goes because it's a night that feels open. I'd much rather have a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night if I'm anybody making that decision. Um, I mean, we're doing things. People have kids. Their kids are busy. Like, you already, you're already watching stuff on Saturday. You're already watching stuff on Sunday. Like, Friday night ain't a night for a lot of people to just sit down and watch TV. It's it's like the worst night, in fact, for that. So I, I, wouldn't, I would push it away from Friday anyway. I'd push it to Tuesday or Wednesday. I think that, you know, if you had a if you had a way for let's say it's ESPN because this seems more likely for ESPN to do this than Fox, who has its other programming to deal with. But let's say it's ESPN and you take your game day crew essentially or some pieces of that and put it there with an hour long pregame show, all the festivities and fanfare of everything that goes into it for a Tuesday night football game featuring. It would probably end up being the second best game of your league if you flexed it, or you would have to guess preseason, right? And maybe you get it wrong, maybe you don't. I I think you would get. I I just feel like that would be advantageous for leagues to do it, and the opportunity is there for somebody to do it. That's where yeah, what, the Big Twelve yeah. has strength. One of the advantages, though, for college football opposed to the NFL is that you've got in the NFL. Every game scheduled, every time scheduled, and, and yeah, there are flex opportunities later in the season, but the, the schedule and the time, the timing is basically set um, in the offseason. In college football, you've got the opponent, you've got the day, but you don't have the time. Uh, and, and so that you know is usually scheduled a couple weeks ahead of time. So you could have a little bit more flexibility yeah. in you know probably moving a game here and there than you would in the NFL just because all of that is is pretty much set in stone outside right. of a handful of, of flex opportunities. You know what the, you know what college football also doesn't have to make that easier? They don't have a players union, right? Like you don't you don't really have a you don't really have a a competing force against you because the reality is if you know if you if you're Brett Yormark and you go to a room full of school presidents and you say here's what's going to happen, right? We're going to Extend the season a week. We're going to build in at least two bye weeks for every team. And we're going to flex this around and we're going to make, you know, we're going to make it so that nobody has to play right on, on three days rest or four days rest or whatever it is. We're going to schedule around that, but we're going to have to have some flexibility and these things could change. You can either take that option, which is worth $15 million more per school, right? To have that option, or we don't have that option. We don't, provide this opportunity to make 15 million dollars a year less as a school they don't have to then go take that to the players union right they don't have to negotiate that out or collectively bargain it at that point they can just say well yeah let's do that it makes more money right i mean it, it, it the process i it and i'm no lawyer but this is me you know reading between the lines the process to do that would be much easier in college than it is in the nfl for that reason too there's no real resistance to doing it 
yes, player safety becomes paramount. But if you build in another bye week, I think, and I'm no, you know, you're you're at a university, you can find some statisticians or or math majors that can throw a little calculus at this thing and figure out how to schedule this out so teams can can move around and not have to play on short rest. I think pretty easily in a in a what what, what might be a 16 team league, whatever it ends up being. I don't think it'd be that difficult. You also provide the opportunity for a for a late night football game on Saturday nights, right? How many teams do you need to be able to do that every week? Probably three or four, I would guess, to be able to consistently schedule a late slot for Saturday night football. I, I think all of these things are going to happen, by the way. I don't think we're just spitting ideas. I think this is the way Brett Yormark's thinking, and I think they're all going to happen. Yeah, I think any league that ends up with a pretty prominent streaming component to their broadcast deal is going to look like the winner in this. Um, And for the Big 12, if it's ESPN and Fox, and there is a component that involves ESPN Plus, cool. Or if it involves Amazon or Apple, cool. If it's a component of the broadcast deal, um, I'm on board with that. If there's a league that ends up with the deal, and I'm looking at the Pac-12, that is exclusively streaming, I think they lose. I think that's a loser of a deal. Um, You have to have both components in place for it to look like a success. It just, it's, look, the technology is much better than it used to be. And even if we are trending in that direction, it it, it still isn't, it's not the end all be all. I don't think it ever will be. You know, it's not, it has not reached the point of replacement and, and it's not going to for a little while. We, I can't tell you how many times we have frustrated, you know, viewers. And it's less so than it used to be, which means progress for technology. There's a lot of people that don't have good enough internet in rural parts of this country to stream like that. Uh, that's gotten better, and it will continue to get better. But it doesn't mean rural America is going to give up their lifeline to the local weather station or yeah. you know, whatever it might be that still provides that tr- traditional TV value. And, and, it, and it's going that's, that's not yeah. going to change. It's going to be really interesting tonight. And, and the timing of this is interesting that we're having this conversation when we see the viewership for Tom Brady versus Lamar right. Jackson on yeah. Amazon Prime. The numbers that the viewership numbers have plummeted over They'll the last up. several weeks. So, They'll you know, seven point eight million against the car with the Cardinals and the Saints. So I'm sure it'll go up. But I wonder if it will come anywhere close to the debut. Uh, or even the the couple of weeks after Thursday Night Football. It's going to be really intriguing to watch that. I think it'll land in the middle. I'll bet you it's at least 10. I bet it goes up at least, what would that be, 50% or so? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's going to get there, and it could go higher. I mean, it's Brady. We'll find out. It's a great litmus because Brady draws, puts butts in the seats, right? Like he always has, and he always will. Um, it's a good point. We'll find out tonight. I, you know, I haven't paid as close attention to that, Um I mean, the games have just been garbage, and this one's not. This one shouldn't be anyway, at least at least before it starts. We'll find out once they actually start playing football. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Some cool stuff for the Wichita Thunder coming up that, uh, that was just announced. We'll get Tommy's uh, opinion on that. Real quick, though, before we take a break, let's – Let's give away some tickets to, uh, what is it, Tommy? This Friday's game, right, is the next home game and the next chance for yep. people to go see the Thunder? Yep, Friday night, Interest Bank Arena, 705. The Thunder take on the Tulsa Oilers. 
All right, we'll give away a four-pack of tickets to that, and uh, we'll give you an HTO tea card. You get a free iced tea on HTO. Go to the Thunder game. That's for Friday. For caller number two during the break, Jad will get that. We'll come back and, and talk a little hockey next on Sports Daily. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast All right, welcome back to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Jad, you told me this right before we came out. Did you say Mike in Clearwater was our winner? Yep, that's right. Mike in Clearwater. All right, congratulations, Mike. Enjoy the Thunder game on Friday night and a free HTO iced tea. Tommy, speaking of the Thunder, uh, just announced by you guys over there at the Thunder, a Midwest College Classic. This is interesting. Uh, it's going to feature four club teams Drury, Arizona State, Dallas Baptist, and Kansas. Uh, one, welcome to me. New information that uh, Kansas has a club hockey team. That's kind of cool. What is this event? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, the Midwest College Classic. It's going to feature those four teams. Uh, a three-day tournament next weekend. It kicks off uh, a week from tomorrow, November 4th. Continues 
the fifth and then on the sixth. And so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. These teams are going, going to be playing three games each over the course of the weekend. The games on Friday, November 4th and Saturday, November 5th will take place at the Wichita Ice Center. And then the games on November 6th will take place at Interest Bank Arena in advance of the Thunder game, uh, which is later that afternoon on Sunday. So there are two Thunder games that weekend, Friday the 4th and Sunday the 6th. And then the college tournament will be going on uh, kind of around the Thunder games that weekend. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited to welcome those four teams uh, to Wichita. Again, it's KU, Arizona State University, Dallas Baptist, and Drury University, the club hockey teams. Um, So, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. So this will be uh, an opportunity. This will be in November, so it's coming up real quick, actually, um, to just get out and watch a little bit of hockey. Now, when we talk about club hockey, I was asking this during the break because I'm not fully aware. So club hockey is not NCAA-sanctioned like college hockey, but it's not intramurals either. It's somewhere in between. Tell us about club hockey and how that works at the college level. Yeah, it's kind of right in the middle. It's like a step down from collegiate, like D1 hockey, but it's a step up from intramurals. So typically you've got, you know, players on these teams that are pretty talented and there's a coach and, you know, all of that. And they're, they're playing competitive games against other universities, uh, but it's not sanctioned by the NCAA. Uh, it's not something that is sponsored by the school. These players aren't getting scholarships, but they represent their university. They play against, you know, other teams uh, around the country. And, and a lot of times they're playing uh, against teams that would be like, for instance, Kansas are playing. They're playing teams that are also in the Big 12, but they may, they might not be collegiate teams uh, as well. So that's kind of the way that it's set up. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of an opportunity for them to play that sport and represent their university. Now, when people go to these games, will all the features at Interest Bank Arena be similar to what people would get at a Thunder game? Are they going to, you know, sell concessions, sell beer, all that kind of stuff? Or what can people expect as a fan to watch these teams play? Yeah, the, the yeah the ticket package that we have put together for this, it's really cool. So for 40 bucks, you can buy tickets that will get you into all of the college hockey games that weekend and both Thunder games on the 4th of November and the 6th of November. So it's, it's one big ticket package that gets you into all of it. Uh, and of course, like I mentioned before, the games on Friday and Saturday for the college tournament are at the Wichita Ice Center, and the games on Sunday will be at Interest Bank Arena. Well, there that is. That's, that's really cool. That, again, just announced uh, it'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, November 4, 5, and 6, and one of the teams there is Kansas. So that might be a fun opportunity Uh, to go root for a little hometown flavor there um, with Wichita Thunder. Um, All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back, give you some final thoughts on a Friday edition of Sports Daily. Uh, We get you ready. Sorry, Thursday edition of Sports Daily. And, you know, Tommy, as we wrap this day up, it's it's all about – I just – am I on an island here? Are you as into this Thursday night football game as I am? Because I just – I love the storylines here of – Brady with a chip on his shoulder, uh, the Ravens trying to figure it out. Like, everything about this, this is as good, and I can't remember all of them, all the Thursday night games we've had, but why is it so hard to get games like this? Like, why, why when you're going to feature Thursday night football, have we had, you know, what was it last week? Uh, who, who was the Thursday night game last week? It was the Cardinals was- and the Saints last week. Yeah, and and before that, at some point, we had 
what uh you know broncos have been in there a couple of times we've yeah, had the them broncos against the... and the colts the bears and the commanders two weeks ago yeah not not good matchups and and this is this is the first thursday night football game since the the debut with kansas city and los angeles that yeah i'm trying to I, I think i can get excited about you know yeah we had colts broncos before that and then in week four now i'm curious i'm just going back we had dolphins bingles actually dolphins bingles was was pretty good and interesting to me um week three we had Steelers, Browns, bleh. Um, week two, after the great opener, we had uh, uh, Chargers and Chiefs, and, and, and then it, but this is it. I, I'm with you. This is as good as it's been. Real quick, before we take our final break, which of these two teams do you think has more to prove? I know all the focus has been on Tampa, but man, Baltimore's had leads in almost all their games. They're not closing them out. I think Baltimore has quite a bit to prove here, too. Because Cincinnati looks like they're on the come. And Baltimore probably feels like they've had a better season, but they have the same record. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Baltimore has, and this is a crazy stat that I found, Baltimore has not won more than one game in a row this season. They cannot string together multiple wins. They're four and three. They're back and forth. They've blown leads. If they want to establish themselves as a legitimate threat to the other teams in the AFC that are at the top, the Chiefs and the Bills and, you know, even the Jets and, you know, some of these other teams that, that are there, they've got to they've got to prove it. They've got to go out there. They've got to beat Tom Brady. Um, and so I, I, I do agree with you. I think they've got more to prove. All right, let's uh, let's take our final break. We'll come back, wrap up Sports Daily right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.